I was asked to be a contestant on the very first series of the TV show Gladiators. I'm not showing off. Such an invitation might imply some sort of physical prowess or suggest that I had seriously defined muscles. I had neither. Nutritionally, I was bankrupt, living on a low-cost diet of high-sugar cereals for breakfast and lunch, drinking Tia Maria-infused milk from a mug at night, along with a few scoops of coffee-flavoured Haagen-Dazs ice cream to wash it all down. I don't recall drinking water, nor eating fresh vegetables, for the best part of a year. It was a gap year from formal education, but it was turning into a filling-out year when it came to my physique. I was nowhere near the shape of a human being who was about to trouble Jet on the swing shot. Not that anyone knew who Jet was yet. If you're under the age of 30, you still won't know who Jet is. In fact, you'll probably be quite confused by a few of the cultural references in the early part of this book. Stay with me, though. You've invested in the book now. I'll concede I had once been an international rhythmic gymnast, which sounds more impressive than it is. I'd retired the previous summer because of sciatica, Sciatica turned out to be fairly useful 15 years later, as by comparison it made childbirth seem quite doable. But as an 18-year-old, it was hideous. I struggled to walk in the morning and popped pills to get me through the day. The only way to deal with it was to stop doing the thing I loved, bending over backwards. The Gladiator's TV thing had come out of the blue. I'd arrived home on a dark February afternoon from one of the four disappointing jobs I was working during my gap year, to find an answer phone message asking me to meet Nigel Lithgow. Nigel, it transpired, was head of light entertainment for London Weekend Television, and he wanted me to go to his offices at Gabriel's Wharf on the south bank of the River Thames to discuss a new TV show he was producing. I liked answer phones. The red flashing light invariably indicated a message from my nana Sheila wanting to know what I'd like for Christmas, usually in June, but I always clung on to the possibility that the red light was a flashing beacon of good fortune and that I was about to hear life-changing news. It's sad we don't have answer phones flashing when we arrive home now. I miss them. It was a symbol of patience, of a time when we had to wait for things, when we didn't expect everything to happen right now. On that dank day, the red light delivered. I got my life-changing call and I duly booked myself in for a meeting with Nigel. The British Gymnastics Association have suggested you'd be a good person to audition for my new Saturday night ITV show, Gladiators, Nigel said charmingly, swivelling on his soft grey leather chair. I liked Nigel. With his open-neck silky blue shirt and his expensive blonde wavy bouffant, there was a 1970s vibe about him in a non-lascivious way. Years later, we'd learned that TV in the 1970s was mainly fronted by people who were lascivious. If Nigel Lithgow is ringing a bell, you may have watched Pop Idol in the noughties, where Nigel was the other man on the panel, along with Simon Cowell. After that, he conquered the USA with a dance show hosted by Cat Dealey. It's safe to say that Nigel knew his TV onions. On the other hand, I knew nothing about TV. My reply should have been, gladiators? Well, I'm afraid you're barking up the wrong tree, Nigel. I'm one of the bendy rhythmic gymnasts, more ballerina than bodybuilder. I would not make a good gladiator. Goodbye, and best of luck with the show and your fabulous hair. Instead, I heard myself say, That sounds interesting, Nigel. Tell me more about the process of how you're selecting the gladiators. I puffed out my chest and flexed my tiny biceps with all the audacity and energy of a desperate youth. I wasn't desperate to be famous for fame's sake. I was looking for something exciting to do to give my gap year purpose and leave me with a good conversation piece for Freshers' Week. 
Some cash would be nice too. I was nearing the end of the world's worst year out, flogging my dead-end jobs to pay my share of someone else's mortgage and achieving but a tiny fraction of the international travel I'd mapped out 12 months earlier. I was a long way from the girl who juggled four A-levels with 35 hours a week of rhythmic gymnastics training, existing on mono diets of courgettes, oranges or cauliflower. I'd pick a food and then stick to it for weeks, eating very little else. I had willpower in those days. Well, that was my take on it. A medically trained person might say I was walking dangerously close to the edge of an eating disorder.